Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group. Real Hi, all you Vinny. road to growth listeners. Uh, today I have Jessica Jones. She is the host of Pivot to Growth. Uh, she also has some some other platforms where she helps coaches. I mean, she helps she coaches where she helps people start their business, leaning so more so into the medical field right now. Uh, but it's always fun. We do these these shows live, so these real conversations. We usually have a little bit of conversation beforehand. Sometimes we'll have conversations even before that. And uh, I think Jessica was about to say something, and then I cut her off because I had the intro going. We went live, and so that's how it goes. Fun and just. All right. You know, it's real conversations. But thank you, Jessica, for being here. Thank you so much for for having me. I so appreciate it. I look forward to spending more time with you. So, I mean, we talked a little bit before we got on here. Um, You were in the corporate world first. And then from the corporate world, you kind of transitioned and found yourself in kind of, I guess, the medical field of helping these people kind of grow. But you would do a better job of telling your story than I can. It's really, yeah, it's really, you know, it's an, it's a unique story. I'm in Philadelphia or in the Philadelphia area. And uh, I was in the corporate world. I was really lucky. I was in a great company where I was rapidly earned um, strong positions where I was the lead corporate trainer in sales and leadership. Um, The company kind of allowed for entrepreneurship and um, helped me get my master's degree, sent me to a leadership round table that was a year-long round table at the University of North Carolina, all in my 20s. And then, um, you know, I'm growing in this company. And, you know, when you're in a company like that, somebody asked me recently, would you have ever left? I, I don't know the answer to that. But when you're in a company that supports you in that way, you know, you feel very good about it and you're growing and you'll, you're fulfilled. But in 2008, the company went chapter seven. And that launched me into, um, you know, full entrepreneurship. Um, And because of my background, I was really lucky. I had a lot of people who valued my expertise and I was able to start an advertising agency and help people. I have a background in direct response, lead generation using mass media. And I worked with a lot of um, pharmaceutical companies who were having trouble having their sites fill clinical studies and became in, in, involved in the medical area and referred to doctors who were having trouble getting patients in their practice. And from there, um, you know, it became apparent that it wasn't just getting patients into the practice. Once the patients came in, there was, there was just, you know, these brilliant minds uh, on the medical side just have never been trained on building a business. So I became an integral part in many of my clients' businesses and ended up actually partnering, owning, scaling, and selling medical clinics. Um, but medical clinic ownership isn't for me, but I love helping frustrated doctors bring their brilliance out in, an, in, an, in a no insurance platform and bring things to the people that they can't get in a normal practice um, that's unique and so did you in so 2008 you were forced into entrepreneurship uh it's a little there's a little bit more of a of a gap there i was seven months pregnant when the company went chapter seven and i'm 99.9 percent um of the earning in the household um 
but I, I was lucky. I had multiple job offers within really minutes of the phone call about the company going chapter seven. So I worked, but I, I would say like many people, you know, for, for the people on the corporate side, um, I was getting more and more responsibility and they were making it harder and harder to make money. So I was doing more and earning less and spending more time there. And I was really um, trading my time and expertise for not my worth. And so I, I called my husband and I said, I know this is crazy, um, but I'm going to start my non-compete because this is just not going to be um, how, how it's going to, I'm not, I'm not happy with my current situation. I'm not fulfilled. And I, I want to start my non-compete and not knowing what would happen again, as soon as I sent the email out, I was really lucky and had a bunch of people call and say, I don't know how to work with you, but I don't want to lose you. I want to work with you. So how can we do that? And that's how, that's how I started the company. So your, your original email was to people that you had interactions with under the, the corporation umbrella, I guess. Um, just to, to my entire network. Um, the company that I was working with also sent the email, you know, oh, wow. you know, saying, you know, this is, you know, and so it was, it was more than one email went out to, to multiple, multiple people. So how does that work? Cause I, I would think that some people come from the idea of scarcity, right? Where they're like, I'm losing a great employee right here. I don't want to lose this employee instead of helping them transition out and start their own business. I mean, this company, it seems like was like, Hey, you know what? You've been a great employee, Jessica. We want to help you. We'll basically send an email out also. I mean, how did that work or what was? Oh, no, they didn't send an email. Out. Their email wasn't helping me. It was just oh, okay. announcing the transition. And, okay. um, you know, and from that, it went out to every every contact. So I had, you know, I had more than a decade of contacts from before I took that position, but it was in the same field. And then, you know, was just there for um, just under, I would say, 18 months. Um, in that position. Were you, were you, if you can go back in the time, do you remember how scared you were? Were you, was it more analytical in the decision-making? I mean, how did you look at, okay, I'm not going to have a steady paycheck. I'm going to be my own boss. Um, It's interesting because I probably should have had a lot of fear, <laughs> but I didn't. I, I was confident that I would find a job. And in my mind, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to sit out a three-month non-compete um, and not realizing that, oh, wait, this is all of these opportunities that are, are going to come to me that that are not part of my contract in, in competition because I was in a non-compete for sales and management, hmm. not for um, helping people with their, with their buying their media and generating their leads and, and all of those things and then ultimately consulting them. So you you're getting leads coming through, people are responding back very positively. Was there was it very quick then that you're like, oh, I got something here. I'm I'm doing this. It's good. It was. Yeah. Um, it it, it took me a minute to realize what I had was a business. I was 1099ing a bunch of people. <laughs> and then I said, wait a minute. I'm gonna turn this into a to a, you know, I'm gonna file, you know, file the LLC and and get the EIN and um you know, call it what it is. And you were seven months pregnant when you actually started the company or is it? That was when I took the job at the company that I, that I left. Okay. Okay. Um, Confusing. I know long story. 
<laughs> no, it's, I mean, we all have non stories and trying to push it together in a 30 minute hour time loop is, uh, can be difficult. Sometimes I'll, I'll talk to someone like, and you find out at the end of your like, Oh my gosh, wait, this is a big part of your life. And you didn't bring it up until we're almost like to the end of this kind of conversation. What happened there? And like, then I have to look back. It was on me. I should have asked the right questions to get there. It's really hard. You do a great job. I'm, I've, I'm listening to your podcast. You do a good job of putting together because it's always consistently about 30, 31 minutes too. <laughs> incredible when you think about it, the tips and, and nuggets that you can get. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and cause I know for myself, there's been uh, probably moments there. My last one, probably a big one was a couple of years back when I understood that failure is not failure unless you learn something from it. Or if you, if you learn something from it, right? And that took me a long time to understand that. But once I heard that, now it, it changed the way I look at things. And so people can listen to these podcasts and they hear something that Jessica says and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the same boat right there. Why did I not think about that? Or why didn't I not look at it like that way? So no, it's, it's fantastic. Um, so you're in the medical field, right? Or helping people in the medical field, yes. right? I'm assuming there was a lot of jargon, a lot of stuff that you just didn't know, but you knew kind of sales or was it? Um, I don't, I, I wouldn't say there was jargon that I didn't know. It, it really was just the run, you know, my role has always been just the running of the business. So it's yeah. the hiring, the training staff, the um, leading staff, the um, finding the right tools for the business, finding the right partners, whether it be a finance arm or um, better merchant services provider or um, private label supplements, better pharmacy for compounding pharmacies. And just, um, you know, uh, just when I would see an issue in the business, finding the solution, which is my, that's kind of my thing. Now, is there an algorithm in all your experience where you'll go, okay, I'm looking for this kind of person right here. I'm looking for an admin person. Okay, this is the, the picture that I need. Or do you do you have that picture already? Talk to the owners of the company and figure out what their kind of way of doing business is and then go, okay, I need to change this picture of that person I'm looking for. Or how does that process work for the hiring? For the hiring, no, it's really just um, working individually with the with the owner and what the role is that they're trying to fill, and then um, you know putting it out in the right avenues to get the right person in house. And really, um, it's more about the leading and training and supporting within the company. Um, although hiring can be challenging as well, but for the most part, you know we're able to get a lot of candidates and then it just becomes about taking that person and, and supporting them so that they can become the role that they've been put in place to fulfill. Well, and that's a constant, I mean, like right now I'm working with somebody and, and, you know, they've got an appointment, uh, you know, reception appointment setting staff and it's all, it's all HIPAA compliant and, but, and recorded for quality assurance, but, I'm the quality assurance and I'm listening and just kind of coaching on how they can better support, um, better handle the phone call, answer their, answer the questions better, all of those types of things. And I, and I, maybe there's no set question or no set answer with this yet. If let's say I'm hiring right now or someone listening is in the hiring process and wants to expand, what is a, a suggestion of a quality that 
the person they're hiring should have and a quality that if they have this, maybe look at the other applicants? Oh, gosh. I think um, there probably is no set question, but I would say that um, you just look for kind of enthusiasm. And if there's enthusiasm there, that's a spark. Um, if somebody's enthusiastic, I think that they're going to put in the effort. Um, and believe it or not, it's not visible most of the time. Um, so that's why I say enthusiasm, because when I see enthusiasm, I'm like, that person's going to be gold. We we need that kind of attitude. So they're cheerful. If they're like cheerful a little bit, like, okay, I'm ready to get going. Cheerful, I mean enthusiastic, asking questions. Okay. I would say a lot of times also... Um, interviewers, um, you know, tend to talk a lot and listen a little. And I think that's something that I talk a lot about with my clients is you need to listen because they're going to have hopefully a career to learn about you and the practice and all of those things. You want to hear about them with a lot of open-ended questions to really kind of learn about, learn about their interests. Um, and why they are interested in joining the team and how they think they're a fit for what you're doing. So basically you're saying I'm talking too much. That's that. Listen, I think that's what I'm getting at right now. No, I'm joking. All right. So with your, with, with your practice, listen, right. It's hard. I'm, I'm doing it right now. I apologize. But the reality is we think that we can do all these things at once, but to really listen, I've learned you, you can't even be thinking about what you're saying next. You can't be thinking about anything. You need to, um, I love in one of the, um, in one of the things I learned in that leadership program I talked about is when you're listening to somebody, listen to them like you're a child watching a screen. And I don't know if you, you know what I'm talking about, where children are watching a screen, they are glued. You okay. can look in front of them, they will move their heads so that they can still see the screen. And that's really listening it's it's been that's been one of the things over the over time that i feel like i've gotten better at where it's okay oh my gosh they just said something right there okay i gotta let them finish the story fast but i want to get back to that little piece right there okay that was because that was really good that was really good and then you you hear something else you're like oh my gosh there's another good piece right there they're just telling me all these good nuggets and i gotta i gotta soak these up but yeah it's it's it can be difficult um to kind of allow yourself to flow with the conversation sometimes it's a skill it takes practice and con constant practice. It's something that you can fall out of as well as you can, you know, practice and get better at. Do you feel that you've always been a, a, a good listener? I think communication in general has always been my strong suit. Um, I think I'm a good listener and um, it's an essential skill to be able to help people and guide them through their problems and, and solutions, right? Do you, when, when you're coaching or, I mean, helping these companies grow, right? Um, there's different language speeches and we, different ways males, sometimes females uh, communicate with each other. Do you mm -hmm. feel that there's a difference in the hiring process between sometimes females, uh, males, older people, younger people? Because I know, and the reason why I'm, I'm asking this question is I know sometimes it can be difficult, at least in my experience, for males not to try to fix things, right? And so we hear a problem and we go, oh, okay, we can try to help them out right here. We gotta, but we got to 
be very quiet and careful to just listen and soak it in sometimes. Um, and I wonder if that's the same thing that can happen with the interview process. Is there anything like that or is that reading too much into it? Um, I don't, I don't know that I could, I don't think I've seen that. I think, I think the bulk of what I've seen is, um, you know, just that tendency to want to speak a lot, especially in a medical practice, you know, it can be especially challenging for a physician to hire a physician's assistant or another physician to work within their practice, um, which is, it, it's more of an issue as they start to get working, kind of letting go of the reins. But, um, I think in the actual hiring practice, the most the most that I see is the failure to ask questions. It's like you get these resumes in, you want to hire somebody and you don't give it. I mean, when you're hiring somebody, you're bringing somebody into your and every single member of your team makes or breaks your company. That that story, you're only as strong as your weakest length is proven over and over again. So you want somebody who's enthusiastic, especially in a caring pr profession. You want empathy. You know, you want to see a spark of, of that interest. And going back to, to your company, right? I know you said you just said it, right? This, the weakest link in your company. And we nothing's always perfect, right? So, yes, you're getting a lot of the business, a lot of the influx of people. But there probably was some kind of bottleneck or something that was affecting your, your growth. Was there in, in your case? Um, you know, I, I, I say lucky a lot, but I also know that there's a lot of hard work and, and value that went into it, but I've, I've been very fortunate. I would say that there's certainly been instances, like, for example, I can go back to, um, when I first launched, I had, um, a clinic that was going out of business and their goal was to really scale. So I came in, I corrected their issue, helped them grow to seven clinics. And then they said, you know what? It, you've been great. Um, we're going to see if somebody else can do a better job. <laughs> and that was kind of my first like, oh my gosh, now what? Because they're my, they're my largest client. But I kind of just said, okay, I'm... I'm confident that I'll, you know, get, I'll replace that and other things. And they were back in touch with me within weeks, like, and I found that happen to me now three times. And each time the person comes back and they said, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I'll never leave you again. And so, um, but you, you know, of course, um, I don't know. I, I will say I have a tremendous amount of um, belief that everything happens for a reason, especially when you're working with people in a consultant role. You know, the great thing is there are so many options for for people who are trying to start a business, people who have already started and having issues. There's a world of options out there and you really need to feel comfortable with the person who's consulting you and vice versa. Um, so I, I'm I'm not one to, um, I'm, I'm one to just let, you know, if you want to try something else, I, I encourage it, please. I want you to be happy and I want you to, to feel good about what you're doing. Going back at those moments, right, where they, they left you and went somewhere else. Yes, they came back. But in the moment of it that they left you, right, was it something that you did in your business or was it more of the idea the grass is greener? 
Yeah, it was just the idea that the grass could be greener. Okay. And then they, when they came back, they were like, wow, I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is, but there's something that you have that the other options didn't, didn't have. And, and I know you said it multiple times about the idea of being just lucky with everything. Has, has there been moments where you realize you had to change the way you're doing business or add things to your business or? All the time. I, and it's something I advise every business. Like you have got to always be evolving. Um, you have to always be looking at what's going on in the out, not just with what's happening in your organization, in your industry, regulatory, all of these things you need to be looking at. And I look at it and I say this a lot, um, but a business has a life, right? It's like every year it's had a year's worth of experiences that have changed it. And ideally you've had some success, you've had some failures, you've learned from those failures to, to your point, failure is 100% a hundred percent a learning opportunity and mistakes are important because that is how you learn to do better, right? Um, but you've had a year's worth of changes. So you have to always be evolving. And, and the way, actually, one of the key ways that I encourage people to do that is communicating. So it's listening to your employees, listening to your um, customers, but also paying attention to the outside world so that you're always on the forefront of your expertise. You know, you should, you, I, I also would say any business owner can't rest on where, what got them where they are. They need to be seeking education. You know, they need to be seeking constant, you know, you need to be building yourself always to improve and be the best you can be for the, for the people you're working with. Work in your business, not on your business, right? Yeah. Now, um, now how do you, how do you differentiate, differentiate yourself from, or not differentiate yourself, but walk that tightrope of saying, okay, this is working for me, but this is a shiny object over here. And I kind of want to transition a little bit over to this shiny object. How do you know, like, how, how does that balancing act work? Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting question. Cause it's so funny. Um, I think every entrepreneur has some level of that kind of ADD, ADHD, you know, ooh, I see this over here. Um, you know, I try to um, block my time and I do a lot of, you know, what works for me, what works, everybody has something different that works for them. I know people who run, but whatever it is that clears your head, I really encourage you to make it a ritual that you do every day. Um, you know, whether it's walking, hiking, running, yoga, meditation, you need to do that mental and physical well-being. But when you're in that space where your head is clear, that's the time where I encourage you to really kind of try and think about things. And then I also encourage you to either at the beginning or end of the week, have a place where you're taking those ideas down, but you have to plan it out. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in making sure that you're sticking with a plan and where you're talking about goals, don't just put your goals, put what are the three to five things you need to do to hit that goal. And I encourage you to have an annual plan with deadlines. And then each month kind of look at where you are and reset. What are, what am I going to get done this month and how am I going to do it? 
And when that shiny new thing comes out and says, hey, what about me? It kind of makes it easier to say, well, wait, does this fit into what I'm saying are my goals? Is it a new revenue stream that that makes my 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 company a better company or a better or my practice a better practice? Is it a new, you know, whatever that new thing is, if you're framing it in in where you want your company to be in the next year, that's when it fits and you can start to add it in. Does that make sense? No, no, it definitely makes sense. And how long do you usually give it before when you add something in to see the results of it? Oh, it depends. It depends on what the thing is. You know, if it's... um, it really depends because we're talking about just anything in general. It could be yeah. a new technology. It could be a new way of advertising. It could be a new revenue stream. Um, you know, revenue streams ideally are spawned by something new and better that's available that you want to offer to your customers. So you should see response to that, but you should also have been getting communication that people wanted it. So you should see response to that pretty quickly. Um you know, so it really depends on what it is. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you a more definitive answer, but no, no. Advertising, I can tell you one thing. A lot of advertising salespeople will tell you, well, you need to give it four weeks. No, <laughs> you don't. You should see some response. And if you don't see some response, there's either something wrong with your message or something wrong with the platform you're using to get your message out there. Oh, well, okay. The way I look at advertising, and I'll I'll say this, you know, because I think it's important. Advertising is always, always testing, getting response, making some changes, repeating. And so you're either, you're always testing something because you never want to be in a position where you're stuck on one thing that's working for you and you don't have other things ready um, when something changes that changes response. If if you could look back at your younger self, that person before you got to corporate world, right, and they were looking for a job, what kind of feedback? Do you remember how they were, who they were? Would you would you, would you give any advice on looking for work? I mean, for well, my younger self, again, I was, you know, I say again, I was really lucky because I I, you know, I I took an internship in radio. Mm. Um and I was hired while I was working there. They said, you're, I was a news writer. <laughs> and they said, I, you know, the general manager, um, his name's Dennis Begley, if he hears this, I will always be grateful to him. He said, you are, I watch you, you love people, you love talking to people, you interact with people. You can't be in a, in a newsroom. I will pay you for anything you sell if you try sales. And that was it. <laughs> And, but it was also hard work. I would say, you know, especially to, to anyone who's young out there and still being, getting an education, that internship, I could have sat there and mailed prizes to callers. And so I did that. And then I said, what else can I do? This is what I'd like to do. And I did you know, I absorbed information and I made myself useful everywhere that I went. Um, and so that's something that I think is really important. You you have to be willing to absorb information, learn and give value back just for just for the value that you're getting from learning something. 
You know, I see it with my children. They want, they want to know what am I going to get if I do this? You're going to get the experience of doing it. <laughs> You're going to learn how to wash a car. The, you know? the, the question that, that you just put out there is something that I don't think I've heard the last part of it. I, I, I mean, what can I do, right? That's a simple question. If you're working an internship, be basically aggressive and asking for, hey, can I help you out? Can I help you out? Can I help you out? But that last part you put on there, what can I do? And this is what I like to do. I've never heard that someone say that. Do you, do you think that's I mean, a, a good way of kind of expanding, growing? By- I mean, I think it's important because if you're going to be um, – really you're looking for mentorship mentorship and growth and um from at that point in my life i really wanted to be a journalist that was my that was my goal and i never anticipated how it swung so you also have to be open to where things take you right you have to be open to the the way that the world shapes your life but Um, For me, that was really important because I knew that I didn't want to be just sitting and mailing stuff out. I wanted to learn. I was there to learn. And I and I wanted specifically to learn what it was like to be a news writer and a reporter. Um, So I asked if you don't ask. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is they say, yeah, no, we don't let we don't let interns do that. (laughs) You know, Um, but I asked and I was, again, lucky. I was in a place where I had great people there. Um, Cindy Stover was the person who hired me at WOGL in Philadelphia as the intern. And she started my career, um, you know, ultimately by giving me the opportunity to come in and be me. So last question, if we're talking again in five years from now, where is your company going to be? Where is Jessica going to be? Um, ideally, first of all, I love what I'm doing right now. Cause even though I don't have any medical expertise, I feel like I'm helping the world be a better place, you know, just by being involved. Um, so I would love to see me, you know, hosting, um, you know, annual, uh, gatherings of all the people who I've helped. And where they're building mentors and relationships across their expertise. And I just would love to see that kind of growth where I'm, I'm not just helping people individually, but then I'm bringing them together for something bigger. Yeah. That'd be very, help out a lot of people. And also too, I mean, the best uh, referrals word of mouth. And that was seeing going to a function where you have everyone there that's had a good experience with you could be a very powerful uh, event. Yeah. And connecting people in different niches, you know, you never know what's going to come from that, but I can only say that I would expect great things would come from that. Right. Yeah. And they have basically the common denominator of of you. That's fantastic. Um, Thank you, Jessica, for, for being on the platform. If someone wants to hear the rest of your journey, uh, follow you, reach out to you if made for your services, what's the best way? Um, I would say you can go to my website, uh, www.pivottogrowth.com. And I have a contact uh, Calendly link there where you can schedule time with me. And I love to give people just, you know, 30 minutes. It often turns into an hour where we talk about where they are and what their challenges are and see if there's um, any way that I can help them on their growth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Jessica, for being on the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. 
uh, please subscribe, please share, follow Jessica, and hopefully you got some great nuggets out of this. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.